welcome to the Zombie Girls Horror Podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me to discuss the movies that will make you want to re-up that birth control ASAP is hailing from the horniest block of the Pacific Northwest, Ariel. Hi. (laughs) Hey, girl. (laughs) From Fresno, the city that makes you feel like you're in one giant hot car, Sarah. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi! And of course, the reason for this very upsetting season, Matilda! (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Hey, how are you feeling about your selects? Uh, tentatively excited. Okay, okay. (laughs) I think that's fair, yeah. (laughs) A little apologetic, but mostly (laughs) So what I am alluding to is that today we are going to be reviewing two very different films. Anti-Birth from 2016 and Swallow from 2020. So basically the movie we saw at the beginning of the Trump administration and the movie we watched at the end. (laughs) I'm not really sure what these movies say about our collective conscience, but we'll get into it. it. First of all, how have you guys been? How have you all been? Good. Everybody asks, like, I literally ask this question every episode. How is this a surprise? Uh, I, I, I'm surviving. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm back in quarantine, so that's pretty lame. Oh, but it oh. sucks a million bucks. Oh, I'm no. so sorry. Yeah. I was yeah. in mid yawn when you asked it, so I had no answer. <laughs> I was just like, Matilda, say something other than I'm fucking tired. That's not that's not a that's not a pump up kind of movie. Yeah. I, I I partied with a thirty year old last night. I made it till eleven thirty, damn it. I'm exhausted. Woo! I bet woo. Although you totally did my move based on the photos that you shared, which is to find the dog at the party mm-hmm. and hang out with the dog at the party. So funny story, right? So we're heading over and I mean, the place is only a mile and a half from where we're at. And, and the wife is like, we're late, we're late, we're late. I'm like, the party starts at seven. She's like, it's 6.59. We're late. I'm like, we no, walk through the door at no. 7.04, right? And she's like, I'm sorry, we're late. And they're like, what? You're early. I'm like, <laughs> babe. She's like, soy weta. I'm late. I wasn't here 15 minutes before it started. I'm like, babe, <laughs> oh. look around. We're do not everybody everybody early. here is, is 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 hispanic you you you're not you're not late until you get here and all the food's gone oh my god <laughs> but who shows up to a party 15 minutes early that's crazy i mean those of us who think that we're supposed to be there early to the, that one being on time is a competition for who can be the earliest oh oh no I, and that yeah. we're supposed to help set up i mean oh, I, just like in life come early but just I'm in life to show up yeah, okay. Matilda, you grew up on Lombardi time, right? Five minutes early is ten minutes late? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I don't know who Lombardi is, but he is a plague. <laughs> <laughs> the last 15 minutes before the party starts is when I'm the, my most frantic. Mm-hmm. And I'm least available to, to be with guests. This is where right. I'm like, oh, fuck, all these things I still need to do or needing to happen. And like, the last thing I want to hear is a doorbell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've learned to go sit in my car or run an errand in the neighborhood. Oh. No, when I not not specifically with you, but with everybody, because okay. okay. I've learned that I'm like, you're not supposed to come early. <laughs> Unless it's Unless a very like, specific crowd. Yeah. Yeah. If you had a conversation like, 
I'm going to show up a little bit early to help out. If I'm expecting it and I'm not expected for the party to start early, then I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just if guests start showing up early, I feel like you're you are an outlier for me. Like if you showed up early, I wouldn't care. But because I know I don't have to be on for you. Right. Uh-huh. Whereas if I'm a host, you have to be on a little bit. And those last 15 minutes are my least on. <laughs> I mean, I'm on fire. A hair is on fire. That's not exactly what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. So how about you, Ariel? You're back home. Anything exciting? See any undesired nudity? <laughs> What's happening? What's going on with the old PT Cruiser Club? So I had a near catch of naked people, but luckily it was my upstairs neighbor on his deck, but there's like a fence around the deck. So I didn't actually see anybody's business. I just saw little glimpses of it through the slats as I was trying to walk my dog who decided that they needed to turn a million circles before going to the bathroom so that I couldn't leave the spot where I was just directly in front of them having sex. So they were getting busy. Oh, actively getting busy. Yes, yes, they were. Uh huh. (laughs) Outside. (laughs) I mean, they see you. I hope not. I hope that I my my theory in my own head is that they were so busy with what they were doing that they didn't notice this person just standing fifteen feet away from them, (laughs) trying frantically to get their dog to leave. Do you feel that maybe non consensually you became a party to the activity? Rachel, you say the worst things to me sometimes. That's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Ooh. they went back inside and they're like, "Do you remember when that girl came out and watched us?" Oh my god, <laughs> I'm dying. And then they did it again, thinking about how you. <laughs> I can oh just god. see Ariel now folding up inside herself. I'm withering away into a husk of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should ask for a tip. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but just the tip. <laughs> you guys are the worst. Are we though? I mean, listen, we all could use a little side hustle right now. <laughs> if they're gonna make you into the like not in front of my salad lady, you should at least get a cut, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for I mean, everyone I get knowing a lot what I'm of talking money about now. If everybody that I happen to see naked would just tip me. I mean, be I feel like they, they're they asking you to do labor. You're doing the labor <laughs> of having to see them naked. You should be like, okay, pay up, pay up. Obviously, this is your kink and you're going to need to start paying for the service. Right. And this is like a <laughs> consent issue, right? You did not book this slot, Ariel. Right. So you need to, yeah, be compensated. Knock, knock. Those white claws are not going to get it done. I'm yeah. going to need some actual cash. <gasps> are, is it tips? Is that what's being left? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> You know what voyeurs like is a personal pan pizza. That is true. That is true. I think we may have cracked the code. He's thanking you for services rendered. Yeah, I mean, this just happened yesterday. So I guess if more food shows up on my doorstep, maybe that's my answer. Well, maybe all that, like, why is he fucking so loud has been performative for the purpose of you hearing it. Maybe. He owes you at least a cheese pizza. And I'm not talking personal. I'm talking like medium. Yeah, full size. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations on your new side hustle. Oh. I guess. <laughs> 
How about you, Tilly? Anything exciting going on? Not a lot. We went up to the forest, so like the deep forest, on a little few-day getaway, and that was really lovely. We went up to the Endor Ewok Forest, and the there's like a series of parks in Northern California, and so it was just really pretty, and it's nature's humidifier. Yeah. Okay, that, that sounds good. Because it's, I guess, the sunny months, which is fire season, is also the foggy months up there, so it's just like being in 62-degree mist. Thick Ooh, 62 degree that sounds really it was nice. great. It was great. And we went to this beautiful canyon with fern walls that I guess is where they filmed the second Jurassic Park. Oh. At hmm. least in the Lost World thing. And I can see that because it's this That's rad. canyon with big, large canyon with 50 foot walls that you hike through. It was really beautiful. There were lots of signs in the parks about, please don't take a selfie with the elk. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Because they will murder you. But yeah. uh, you know that for every sign, there is a story mm-hmm. theory. Uh-huh. I was like, so somebody totally has met a bad end trying to take a selfie with the elk, I guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we used to go to Yellowstone during the summer a lot because we have a bunch of family in Montana and we go camping up there. And the first time that my stepmom came with us, she had she grew up in L.A. and had never been to Montana before and had never seen Buffalo And in Yellowstone, there's buffalo everywhere. Mm -hmm. And my dad had me holding my baby sister, who's about a year old, and my little brother and me. And we were standing in front of buffalo so he could get a picture with us in a buffalo herd. Wow. (laughs) Utter insanity. And then about a mile later when we were driving, there was a big sign telling you not to get anywhere near the buffalo because they'll trample you. And she just <laughs> flipped out and she was so angry at my dad. But we have that picture framed on the mantelpiece. So I mean, <laughs> she lived house. to tell the tale. Yeah, we made it through. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. I mean, to be honest... I know I'm probably going to die by animal attack because I would be that fucking jabroni that would go out and be like, click! <laughs> oh, my, my last words are going to be, oh, aren't you cute? Come here, come here. Right? Right. <laughs> Let me scratch them ears, tiger. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it would be bad for me if I if I met a tiger because I'd be convinced that I was the one person that could tame one. Be its friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. You'd be uh-huh. holding out your glasses to it like, smell my scent. I 100% would. <laughs> Galaxy, a tiger. I would. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. So it sounds like we've had some fun, which is nice and feels like a rare treat in these times. Yes. But we also have been enjoying things in our home, including what we've been watching. So Ariel, let's start with you. What have you been watching? So the show Slasher just had its fourth season. Shudder bought it and they did Slasher Flesh and Blood. Mm -hmm. And I just finished watching that. And it is really dumb, but it is so entertaining. Is it? Okay. (laughs) So in this season, essentially, this super wealthy family all gather at their mansion and the dad is dying and he wants to leave his money to somebody. And so he creates this sort of elaborate game to figure out who is going to be the heir to his fortune. Whoa. And then murders ensue. (laughs) Is Cronenberg the dad? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so... It is incredibly gory. I think more so than any of the other seasons, perhaps wow. because it's on cool. Shutter. But I mean, people get sawed in half. Organs get taken out of bodies. It is very bloody and very gory. And people die constantly. It's a lot of fun. 
I mean, don't go in there thinking it's going to be some high art thing. It's just really a dumb slasher. But I was thoroughly entertained by it. And I didn't see all of the twists and turns coming. So, okay. yeah. So I would totally recommend that one. And it's on Shudder. It's easy. Yeah, I definitely watched the first season, which was real dumb, but had good kills. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's basically what it is. I really liked the second season a lot, the one that was set in the snow. And then I thought the third season wasn't so good. But this one was very entertaining. But I was serious with my question. It was the dad Cronenberg. Is that who he plays? No. Oh, okay. I guess you can't tell me who he plays. All right. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That was Cronenberg. David Cronenberg is this is in it. Yeah. I was curious. He looks so familiar. Yes. Oh, shit. That was a genuine question. (laughs) I thought you were joking because of like the body horror of it. Oh, no, no, no. No, I meant literally David Cronenberg is in it. Is he the dad? Oh, man. I should have looked that up because I kept thinking the whole time that that guy looked really familiar. Oh, well, there you go. No, you're not. (laughs) But is he the dad for the love? Okay. Okay. He's the dad. (laughs) He's really good in it, actually. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay, so apparently this was the month of really stupid movies for me because I also watched The Second Escape Room. Director of? Hmm? What are you setting me up for? I don't know. The Taking of Deborah Logan. (laughs) Oh. God damn it. (laughs) Walked right into that one. (laughs) So I watched the first Escape Room movie, and while it too is extremely dumb and by probably any metric not a good movie I was really entertained by it I thought it was silly fun and as so I watched I was look, sort of looking forward to seeing Escape Room 2 and I watched it and it's kind of bonkers yeah <laughs> yeah it's like in the middle there's this whole Escape Room movie and then sandwiched on the beginning and the end is something that will is just crazy and kind of recontextualizes the first movie in a silly way but I again was very entertained by it the escape room stuff is ridiculous and you know completely over the top and doesn't totally hold up to any sort of internal logic but it's fun (laughs) and that's sort of all I was looking for so if you need a movie to just sort of put on and turn your brain off I honestly think those two are pretty good for that did you watch the extended version that came out? Or I just did the... watch the extended version. Okay, I, did, okay. I wasn't sure I had, but then I read about what it was and I was like, yeah, that's why I thought the ending was so bonkers. <laughs> Would you recommend the extended version oh, in that case? Yes, 100%. You got to see the, the crazy part at the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm sold. Now we're getting, we're gearing up for our end of year. Is this something that I should prioritize getting in my eyeballs? Is there any chance no. it's going to be? Okay. <laughs> sometimes dumb fun makes the list yeah sometimes dumb fun they can't makes all the be list. saint mod like there has but... to be some dummies in there too <laughs> i mean that's true but i think if i was gonna pick something that was more silly it would be like werewolves within not okay escape room too okay all right all right yeah. well we're gonna have to start triaging so that's why i'm asking <laughs> <laughs> i know we gotta start making hard choices now awesome all right how about you matilda what have you been watching I watched Ariel's recommendation, which was Boy fr- Boys from County Hell on uh-huh. Shutter. Oh, you did. And it's so good. Oh, I'm so glad you it's liked so it. It's so good. Definitely prioritize that one. This is one of those rare across the board recommend. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would definitely okay. prioritize that one. And it's such a good time. Yeah, it's really just a fun movie. Yeah. So you don't have to be prepared for it in the way you would 
violation or right of that nature. yeah <laughs> yeah no it's really great how about you sarah what have you been watching this season's american horror story i really like where it's going so far because it's it's off the rails and quite honestly if this is going to be their format from now on i'm totally down with it because american horror story has like four really strong episodes uh-huh. three really lackluster episodes and then the last two episodes go off the rails so this skips that lull (laughs) it just is a very consistent story and dude i fucking love it i love the color palette like i said last time Mm -hmm. i love the all the sweaters i mean it's a good knit game yes yeah there there's a lot of people like it's like kill that person. You kill that person. No, you kill that person. No, that person needs to be killed. No, this one needs to taught a lesson. This, you know, <laughs> everybody's got a knife and everybody else is back, and it's 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 great. Oh, and Macaulay Culkin is so good in it, and yes. Sarah Paulson's great in it, yes. and I actually can say that I actually like Finn Whitlock in this because, uh huh, uh-huh. yeah. Freaking Lily Rab is amazing. Amazing. Uh, Frances Conroy is. Oh, she's. I mean, just phenomenal on. as usual. I mean, oh, of course. She's, a, she's a goddess among actresses. Yes. I love her look in this one too. The way oh, they're yeah, dressing yeah. and style, so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's his face? Ryan Murphy does her right every time. Even if you think about Coven, which has nothing but iconic looks, who stands out the most? Frances Conroy. Yeah. With that yeah. Hair, yeah. that triangle red hair. Oh, so good. And the red Bean. leather gloves. Like, who do you want to be for Halloween? Uh, Frances Conroy. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, he definitely knows how to just spotlight her in such a talented ensemble, ensemble cast. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. half the time you got Jessica Lang and Kathy Bates and somehow you're like, Frances Conroy. Right. <laughs> she gets all the best lines. I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. She's kind of your under the radar and then sniper from the side. Yeah. And then she'll come yeah. in and deliver like a line and you're like, and we're all destroyed. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love the camp. It's so good. All right. Well, I have not been watching a ton that I can really talk about because it's all over podcasts, essentially. Like I've been watching things for upcoming episodes and but I did squeeze in a viewing of The Green Knight. Did anybody else see this? Not no, yet. I no, not yet. yet. This isn't strictly horror. It's A24, so it, it doesn't do yeah. a genre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think horror fans can find plenty to enjoy here in terms. There's some spooky stuff and some gore and overall a very dark vibe. So even though it's not overtly horror, there's plenty of, you know, for horror fans to sink their teeth into with this one. So it's the latest joint from A24 and it's an adaptation of the story of the Arthurian knight Sir Gawain or Garwin or Gawain. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. the movie does not pick a pronunciation. It, cho- it, it chooses <laughs> instead all of the above. No, I mean... <laughs> That's funny. Literally, he is called Gawain, Garwin, and Gawain by different characters throughout the runtime of the movie. So basically, it is about this knight. He's sort of a young, impulsive knight, and he enters into this game, quote unquote, with the with the green knight, where he's like, I'm going to allow you to strike me, and whatever you do to me, you have to come next Christmas Day, and I get to deliver it to you. But he's impulsive, so he cuts off his head. So now he's going to get his head cut off. So a year goes by and he has to go. It becomes a road movie, essentially. His little journey to find this green chapel where the green knight is and face the music for his impulsive action. I won't say any more than that. That's like generally the basic premise. Obviously, things occur on this journey. 
And this movie is gorgeous. The costuming, the set pieces, the use of jewel tone colors. It's just a feast for the eyeballs. And if you've been craving some old school high fantasy sort of in the oeuvre of Excalibur, this is going to be a great time. Mm. It's very dark, serious fantasy, right? And even if you aren't, it's just really, it's really good. And it, you also get to stare at a very beardy div Patel Patel for two hours, which is oh, not nice. exactly a hardship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a shirtless one. Ooh, <laughs> it is okay. not a bummer. <laughs> I don't know that I realized how handsome. I mean, I he's handsome, obviously, but I don't think I ever really realized it. This movie definitely knows how good looking he is. So it's just lots of beauty shots of his beautiful blue black hair gently curling around his face. Ugh, it's very nice. <laughs> Highly recommend it for that alone. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. I just want to add one little fun fact before we wrap it up, which is the idea for adapting The Green Knight came to director David Lowry while he was setting up a diorama of Willow action figures in his backyard. Oh my god. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I never identified with a motivation more in my life. <laughs> that is amazing. That's great. <laughs> all right yep so that's what i've been watching what do you guys say we take a quick break and then we get into our review of antibirth sounds good sounds good hi everyone i'm alex west and i'm andrea subasati and we're from the faculty of horror podcast and you're listening to the zombie girls podcast welcome back let's talk about (laughs) (laughs) anti-birth now before we get into this review though sarah can you do me and the listeners a huge solid and let them know what our spoiler policy is here on the zombie girls all right folks before we get into this our spoiler policy is this we spoil the shit out of everything so if you haven't seen these (laughs) movies you might want to pause right now go check them out if spoilers are not an issue keep listening All right, who has the background for this one? I do. All right, so Anti-Birth is from 2016. It is a film written and directed by Danny Perez, who's pretty good friends with uh, Natasha Lyonne, so he basically wrote Ah, the script around her. Yep, got it. That That makes makes so much sense. He he, he wrote the script for both her and and Chloe. I can never say her last name right. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Okay. Yeah, so he's pretty good friends with them. So he he wrote the the script with them, and he wrote both the characters basically based off of them. And then he wrote it because you know everybody always talks about how like pregnancy is like oh you know she's so beautiful she's absolutely glowing when she's pregnant and you know and he wanted to basically subvert that and talk about how some of the gross shit that goes on with pregnancy you know like Mm -hmm. you know women lose their teeth they lose their hair they you know the bloating the gas the you know (laughs) right yeah just all of all of the stuff Mm -hmm. and so he was inspired by that and as he put it watching weird ufo conspiracy videos on youtube (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's basically the background of of the film and it had a lot of positive reception to it most film reviewers seem to really like it it's got a pretty decent rating for a horror film on rotten tomatoes the only one that really didn't that didn't seem to like it was consequence of sound New York Times had some, uh, <laughs> some yeah. feedback for the yeah. True, true. <laughs> Did you guys read that interview or that no. review too? <laughs> I but, think uh, so. 
It's not so much a review, so much as just imagining what would happen if he met someone else who had seen the movie. Oh, yes, I did read that. <laughs> I didn't read that, but I, given some of the things that New York Times has reviewed, they're they're kind of like, Siskel and, 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 and Ebert. I would recommend reading this review. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. funny, good, brutal, brutal yeah. writing. Yeah. <laughs> Hilariously, RogerEbert.com, the reviewer there who was not Roger Ebert, gave yeah. this a higher rank than he gave. He's like, I looked at his other reviews and he's the king of one star reviews for everything. But this, he was like three and a half to four. This was his, wow. his one thing he liked. Yes. Yeah. I read that and he seemed to really enjoy the movie. Yes. So. I wish I had read that. Damn it. Yeah. And you know, this movie also has one of my favorite, very underrated actresses because her sister seems to get all the spotlight, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. Meg Tilly. Yep. Meg Tilly yep. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Well, Matilda, why don't you give us a synopsis of this here movie film? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> On a bleak winter night in Michigan, Lou and her best friend Sadie attend a wild party in an abandoned building. Lou blacks out, which is not unusual, and later that week begins to experience strange physical symptoms and dreams. Determined to find out what happened that night, Lou ends up in a maze of government conspiracy, drugs, and betrayal. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to be mixing things up a little bit for this episode. We're going to try a little slightly different format. We're going to do sort of our pros and cons and then get into our overall thoughts. So let's start with what worked for us. Sarah, why don't you go first? What what were some things that worked for you about this movie? Uh, well, I mean, the chemistry and between Chloe Sevigny and Natasha Lyonne, of course, they're you know best friends in, in real life. Yeah, but the, you know, it definitely came across uh, on screen. You could tell that in that situation, those are two people that really did care about each other. Mm -hmm. Just Natasha Lyonne overall, the whole thing was just so bizarro. It read like a, uh, was it, what's his name? Carlton Malik. It was like watching one of his novels on screen. Mm. The the bizarreness of it. And there's, you know, all the little things like the TV showing that weird psychedelia stuff. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. the fun zone with those fucking weird. <laughs> Evil Teletubbies. Yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just the uh, sex worker with the fucked up mouth and. Like, yeah, it's just selling clean urine and, and, you know, oh, just go down to the free army clinic. What? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was really good world building in there that wasn't totally overt that it took you out. It really does feel like it's just some random Rust Belt town. But mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. there's just these little things that like. It's sort of the uncanny valley of it. Mm -hmm. They lived in the uncanny valley of the Rust Belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That feels correct. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Matilda? Now you selected this movie. What are some things that you loved about this movie that made you want to have us talk about it? Yeah. Do you want me to talk about kind of how I picked these together or should I save that? Sure. For no, go for it. Go for it. So I was thinking a lot about, you know, 
one of my favorite horror genres is like women's bodies generally as a subject of horror. And I was thinking about bodily autonomy for women. And that's something we usually talk about in terms of abortion, right? Mm -hmm. Since we have recorded last time, just in the last couple of weeks as we're recording this, Texas has had a gutting of Roe v. Wade. It's very on our minds, I think. Yes, very much so. What we don't talk about so much that I think both of these movies get at is what does it mean when women take risks with their bodies? Mm -hmm. risks that they're very comfortable with but that people around them or we as the audience are more uncomfortable with Mm, that's interesting that's very interesting and those stakes get bigger and the cultural feelings get bigger when there's pregnancy involved and so both of these movies kind of have women exercising uncomfortable body autonomy during pregnancy Mm -hmm. in a way that i like (laughs) yeah of course so that's that's kind of the thing that makes these two go together for me. And I have a deep fondness for both of these movies, obviously in very different ways. Anti-Birth, I feel like, was underseen because it was maybe released in theaters maybe like a month and a half before the 2016 election. And I think we had other shit on our minds. We were busy. We were busy. We were busy. (laughs) But I watched this by myself late at night one night and was like, what the fuck? it was like okay yeah it's a natasha leone movie this is like then it just went off the rails which we'll talk about so the real life friendship between these two totally shines through which is my favorite mm-hmm. part of the movie and that mm-hmm. even though natasha leone is kind of she's she would be hard she would be a hard person to have in your life right yeah um her character in this movie lou would be a hard person to have in your life she's so lovable right in this and i don't know that another actor could have done that as Mm -mm. well yeah no and the two of them are so natural with each other and the kind of friendship they have is so natural and believable i just really loved it plus it Mm -hmm. has just enough weirdness and body horror to keep me interested in Mm -hmm. yeah and the surprise ending I love that she never takes off her fishnet bodysuit through the whole I know. <laughs> right. She'll just cut away at what yes. needs to go. <laughs> Add layers on top of it, but never remove it. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I just think the movie looks great. And the psychedelic scenes are kind of fun and the right length. They don't get too long for me. Uh-huh. And that ending is something else. Oh, yeah. that it is. <laughs> that <laughs> certainly is. Because had any of, and I think none of, is this a first watch for all of you? Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I okay. only got about halfway through it the first time. And uh-huh. I read nothing about it going in. So I literally had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I think you just got a message from me going, did you watch it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to ask you a question about it and you were just like, sure. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? And you're like, you just got to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, Ariel, how about you? What maybe, or actually, you're so thorough. Let me go first. Okay. So, <laughs> which is great. It's great because I know you're going to, you're going to get it all. But, um, and I, yeah. Okay. So for me, obviously, the biggest standout is the thing you guys have been talking about, which is the women of this movie. I think Natasha Leone, Chloe uh, Sevigny, and Meg Tilly are all fantastic in this. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think they take nothing characters and make them into something characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly Natasha Leone to me, who, to me is one of the underappreciated greats in yeah film history because mm-hmm. she has she has something that is almost golden era not in terms stay with me this will make sense 
And that she has a very specific, unique brand of charisma that she brings to every role. Whereas, you know, some of the great actors that we think of are people who disappear into their roles. And I think that that is an incredible art. There is a force of personality that she has that she doesn't have to disappear into a role to, to turn out a truly magnetic performance. Yeah. She is a lady Nick Cage to some degree. You know what I mean? She just shows up and Natasha Leone's all over it. And it doesn't matter what role it is, what you're watching, you are in, you are interested to see what choices she's going to make as a performer. And you, even when she's in a, like you said, a very unlikable role. Yeah. You can't help but love Lou because Lou is Natasha Leone. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously not the person, but the, like I said, just this magnetism and charisma that she, she. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think you're right. Cause it's like Catherine Hepburn or Betty Davis. We were just talking about them on Discord yes. the other day. It's that Betty Davis. Kind of thing yeah. Where they're always them just with variations, but their personality always comes through. And that's mm-hmm. part of why people went to see every movie they were in. I think that's a much better comparison. She is our modern day Betty Davis. I mean, yeah. she gives herself a different comparison. I don't know if you read the Guardian article about this. Yeah, she she, no. she compares herself to Harry Dean Stanton, which I totally, oh, see. Interesting. I totally agree with. Oh, interesting. And, yes. And Joe Pesci. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she also, says um, <laughs> I'm going to quote it yeah, she Joe says, Pesci is always Joe Pesci yeah. that works. she says you know this movie would have been great with Joe Pesci and Willem Dafoe but it's probably more fun with us and that's how I think of us as Joe Pesci and Willem Dafoe and yeah. I, I yeah. can see that yeah. yeah. and the interviewer and Joe says, Pesci also yeah. has that unlikable quality too yeah. where you still like them even when they're unlikable mm-hmm yeah, and the interviewer was like, are you Pesci? And she's like, yeah, of course I'm Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This also has, a, we'll go with compelling body horror. <laughs> that, I know we're going to talk about the birth scene because holy shit. But let let us not breeze past the foot boil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Can yeah, we talk about <laughs> the foot boil? And not the since the beach house have I been as upset by a foot. No. <laughs> Any ballet hor- ballet foot horror has nothing on this foot horror. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and to your point, those leggings do not come off. Mm-mm. They get trimmed away <laughs> to yeah. facilitate. And then toilet paper and duct tape. <laughs> so gross i mean this thing if 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 there is any message in this movie aside from some of the stuff we're going to definitely get into it is that we need universal health care and we need it right fucking now we cannot be doing podiatry with a dirty steak knife and toilet paper like it cannot stand and a bottle of vodka yeah and a bottle of vodka Good well, the vodka keeps it clean. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but she never poured it on the wound. She just drank it. <laughs> <laughs> I did clean it from the inside out. Yeah, from the inside out. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the birth scene is bananas. I mean, it's bananas. <laughs> I love the creature yeah. effects with the moving head. Yeah. Oh yeah. The face of it reminded me of oh, uh, what is it? Tales from the Dark Side, the movie that has uh-huh. the one. That has the gargoyles. Yeah. yeah Ray Dong yeah. Chong. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looked like was a little gargoyle. I mean, this <laughs> speaks to the like, innate charm of 
practical effects, right? Yes. It is in no way a good effect, but it's a compelling effect because you can tell it's just a puppeted head with eyes rolling and stuff. It is, it, it, there is a charm to that. And all that weird fog that's surrounding it, that mist. Yes. Oh, absurd. And it's so gooey looking. Oh my god. And it talks. When, it, when her <laughs> vagina explodes in Meg Tilly's face. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when it, she enters the splash zone to beat all splash zones. <laughs> I was simultaneously beside myself and like very clear why Matilda had selected it. I was like, aha! You said, I'm always so embarrassed for actors in birth scenes, and I said, I don't think embarrassment is going to be your primary. (laughs) What I was not prepared for was to be embarrassed for the midwife. That's a new wrinkle. (laughs) 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 But honestly, the Meg Tilly of it all really worked for me. I I loved her performance from her introduction where she's scaring the pimp off with a knife to just her rambling stories about alien experience. For a long time, you're unclear. Is she crazy? Mm-hmm. Did she experience this? And there's enough there to go either way. Mm-hmm. But I just she's think... searching for her daughter? Because she's the way she's touching that missing poster, you're like... Yes. Huh. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. You yeah. don't really know who she is until you find out. And then you're like, okay, well, this is wilder than I expected. But yeah, she's really great in it. And I... I like you, I, I love Jennifer Tilly, but I'm like ready for the Megasance. Let's make it happen, yeah. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see her do some things because she's such a she's such an odd bodkin in a way that I am deeply yeah. compelled yeah. by. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember seeing Agnes of God when it first mm-hmm. hit video and just mm-hmm. being like, I don't know who she is, but she is wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I knew Meg Tilly before I knew Jennifer Tilly, for sure. Um, yeah, like I, yeah, I definitely feel like I saw Agnes of God before I saw Bound, which of course is your entree into all things Jennifer Tilly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, all things Meg Tilly, you mean? Agnes no, of God Jennifer... is. Oh, no, I God is Meg Tilly. Yeah. Oh no, no but no. I, Bound is my entrance into Jennifer oh, Tilly, and that is. Oh, see, see, mine was Dancing at the Blue Iguana. Never seen that. Oh, oh I think I mine was her. The Big Chill. Wasn't she in The Big Chill? Uh, I think Meg Tilly was in The Big mm-hmm, Chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're we're having disconnect on which sister we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the sis they are the amazing sisters and I want to see them both in all of the things. The last thing I'll say is I really appreciated how this movie gets very effectively at the horror of pregnancy from the beginning where you're like, fuck, I really don't want to be pregnant. Yeah. And really, like the way your body is changing and you're just trying to deny it. You don't wanna you know what I mean? Like all of that because oftentimes people find out they're pregnant. As a result of feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're not trying to get pregnant and testing, the first sign that you're pregnant is usually not someone tells you you're glowing or you feel the joy of something moving, Ooh, which is very alien. You're like, you're like, why am I puking three days in a row? Right? It is yeah. a horror show. It is a horror show in the best of scenarios. And if it's an unwanted pregnancy, that is exacerbated times a billion T. And... From that on to the way that your body changes, obviously, this is a heightened version of that. But all of that stuff is really terrifying. It is a very personal experience of body horror. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie does a very good job at getting at sort of that existential fear (laughs) that can come with pregnancy. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of horror about maternal ambivalence. This is beyond that. This is just like, no, I don't want to be pregnant. Right. Also, just sort of 
pregnancy ambivalence. Yeah. Like the whole, yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of great. It's both of these movies. It's interesting that there is never a moment when either of these women are like, I am excited to be pregnant. No. Not no. a one time. Not a one. Yeah. Also, I always joke about how being pregnant is being the carrier of an alien. So this takes this to a whole new level. <laughs> it's a parasitic relationship. Yes. You know, and there's that quote, life is a sexually transmitted disease with a hundred percent mortality rate. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, how they talk about how it'll mm-hmm. like, dr- like rob your body of nutrients, and like drain everything out of your body. This also yeah. takes that to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Th- those are my pros. Sorry. I- Ariel, what worked for you about this movie? So you guys have covered all, almost all of the really great stuff. I too love Natasha Leone's character. I think it's so, <laughs> it's so crazy that she can do that thing where on paper, this character should be aggressively unlikable yes. and terrible and you should have no sympathy for them. And yet you do. She's magnetic. There's something about her personality where she's weirdly charming, even when she's doing stuff that you don't agree with or that's off-putting or any, you know, just strange. You still end up loving her. And that is a true talent. So you still want to give her a hot chocolate and a hug. Yeah. Yeah. I still want to be her friend, even though she's this destructive force of nature, you know, that would probably Mm -hmm. like wreck my life. (laughs) I'm like, will you be my best friend and destroy my life, please? (laughs) So one of the other things that I really liked is, okay, so many movies, when they try to put swearing and slang and sort of casual language into movies, the dialogue reads false and weird. Oh, yeah. And like they don't understand how humans actually speak to each other. This movie, I feel like, got it so right where everything they said felt genuine, like these were real people really speaking the way that they speak and they they leave sort of pauses in the dialogue too i don't know if anybody noticed that that are the way you would normally speak to each other but isn't the way people speak that much in movies Mm -hmm. and i think that made it feel even more real and sort of grounded in a real place even though around the edges all of this utterly insane bizarre psychedelic shit is happening so yeah yeah. so that was really great and then I, too, loved all the weird ads on the TV and the strange, you know, Teletubby Muppet creatures. It was just bizarre. There's even a scene at a kid's birthday party where it's it, where they first go to Fun Zone and it's in slow motion. The birthday party's happening as the creatures are just like undulating and dancing strangely <laughs> behind them. And they're is... cutting the kid's face yes! in the, in, on the cake. <laughs> It's so strange and has this weird surrealistic edge to it, but they never let those scenes go on for too long. So they never wear out their welcome and Mm -hmm. they weirdly fit into this world, even though they seem like they should be discordant. You know, I'm I'm not sure quite how they pulled that off where I didn't mind these being there, that they kind of made sense. And I think Sarah sort of touched on this, that, that this world is similar to our own world, but different. And they do all of this world building without really having much exposition at all. I mean, Meg Tilly gives you a little bit of the backstory with the military and the experiments. But other than that, it's all just you watching things happen in this world. And sort of because of that, through osmosis, understanding the sort of internal logic of it. Mm-hmm which Mm -hmm. is impressive for such a weird movie. This movie is deeply strange. And sometimes I feel like 
that doesn't work. And here I ended up kind of loving it. And I didn't expect to when it started, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because there are some things about the beginning that are just sort of like, oh, this world feels really depressing and gross. And I'm not sure I want to spend, you know, an hour and a half or however long the movie was here. But then, I mean, the characters opened their mouth and I was sold. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's not like gross for gross sake. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing is, of course, the body horror and the bonkers ending. It's just so strange. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I thought maybe there was going to be an alien inside of her and she would give birth to said alien. I did not know it was going to be this sort of head with a, you know, with the spinal cord attached that's all weirdly mutated and kind of trying to speak. And then that she would give birth to a grown ass adult body <laughs> of a, I don't know, creature from the Black Lagoon thing <laughs> that so would toxic. then walk around. <laughs> And we didn't even touch on this, but when she finally gives birth to that giant body, her face caves in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just deflates. Yeah, yeah, she completely deflates. And it's it's cheesy, right? The the special effects are cheesy, but like Rachel was saying, there's there's a charm to them. And I think that's why I love practical effects so much is because you would not have that charm had they CGI'd that shit together, you know? No, and I don't want to see her mutilated in any realistic way. No, if her character's no. going, this is, I would like it to be like a weird, cheesy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I agree with all the pregnancy stuff. I think all of that is great. I think one of the other things that it did that I can't remember if I've really seen before is actually showing a dead fetus in the toilet. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen a movie oh, focus right. in on That's that. That's true. And this movie does that. And it's not played for sadness or emotion, just sort of this was the reality of her life at the time. Mm -hmm. And that is really interesting to me. Okay, cool. So now let's get into maybe some things that didn't work for us. Sarah, were there any cons for you in Anti-Bird? A little, a little tiny bit. And that was just the thing with the son. Mm. Where, you know, she mentions that she was pregnant before and then that it's just like a one, a one-liner then it was kind of forgotten until about three quarters of the way into the movie where it was like brought up again. Mm -hmm. Right. And it becomes her motivation for what she's yeah. doing. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say this movie was perfect because I love it. I think it's great. I had a lot of fun with it. The soundtrack is amazing, but I know it's not for everybody. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's probably, that's probably my only con is that I know there's, you know, definitely some people I could get that would hate this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this is one that you're either going to love or hate, mm -hmm. probably. How about you, Matilda? Are there some things that maybe didn't work about this movie for you? Yeah, there are a couple things. One is to get to this plot of the mystery pregnancy with somebody who uses a lot of substances, there is an assumption about sexual assault that kind of hangs over this movie. Yes. Yes. In a way that I wish, and I know, you know, obviously why, but also I wish that that wasn't there. Or had had more clarity. Yeah, earlier know? on, right? Yeah. Because I'm glad it, it, it went pretty far before they relieved us of that. We knew something yeah. happened and that it was weird. So I was hoping that it wasn't sexual assault, but it really does hang over the movie in an upsetting way, especially given that my other con is the drug dealer yeah. is 
really pretty effective at being menacing to like women and people of color in this movie in a way that I was then not having a good time sometimes when he was on screen. And so the specter of his violence and potential violence was actually upsetting in a way that was not welcome <laughs> in the middle of yeah. this movie that was like a loving female friendship and otherwise is like a softening of very hard characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is the part I like. Yeah. So those are the two things for me. Okay. Um, yeah. There's not really much plot to this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think probably of the bunch of us, I liked this the least. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. This movie is way too long. <laughs> way, way too long. Two hours is too yeah. long. This would be a killer 30 minute short. If you, because then you could excise the pimp almost entirely because all of that to me felt like padding and totally mm-hmm. unnecessary. Yeah. We did not need okay, it. And it has it, almost nothing to do with what ultimately happens to our character. Right. Really. I mean, like we get no resolution really around that. I don't yeah. think it's just a lot of more questions. And also it would probably eliminate a major con that you had Matilda, if we didn't have to spend a bunch of time with this pimp. Yeah. With the, with the impotent pimp. I did not need it. It really stretched out what could have been a fun sort of concise thing into there's like a good 40 minutes of this movie is just her wandering around mm-hmm. and if it were if it was not natasha leone it would have been unbearable i agree yeah i also don't totally love the treatment of the female characters in this movie we discover that chloe Svegny is like a total traitor to her best friend in the shittiest way and then she just did it so that she could get money to maybe get a private investigator it just feels like a twist for the twist's sake and then Meg Tilly doesn't even, she dies off screen. Yeah. You don't no. even get any resolution yeah. around that character. And so that was kind of a bummer for a movie that really what was holding it together for me was these female characters and their dynamics mm-hmm. to sort of see it collapse in the final act was kind of a bummer. I can and then, see that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, like you said, the skirting of the sexual assault to me in a way that she never engages and nobody around her does either. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not even worthy of mentioning. Right. Like, and when she's explaining what happened to her, to her best friend, Chloe Sevigny's character doesn't seem concerned at all. And right. we know why later, but it yeah. feels weird at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So those things were definitely issues for me. There mm-hmm. is things that I really liked about the movie, but because I think they become more apparent with that two hour runtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things aren't happening fast enough that I can kind of ignore it you mm-hmm, know what i mean mm-hmm. the questions are lingering so yeah so those are my issues with it how about you ariel yeah so you pretty much covered what i've got written down here i do think that it meanders a bit in the middle not just a bit a lot <laughs> there's a lot of scenes of her buying candy and driving around in people's cars who we never see again and i really think you could have cut a lot of that out and the plot line with the pimp like you said i think that it's it felt weird to me that we didn't totally get a resolution on exactly how this drug is involved and how the government is involved and why the pimp is connected to this. And because the first encounter you see between him and Isaac is Isaac just kind of walking up to that car and him telling him Isaac to basically fuck off yeah. and he walks away. And then the next time you see them together is at the birth scene and you're like, the fuck is this shit? Right. Right. Because it's like, wait, you guys know each other? You've been working together on this secret project? What the hell was that scene then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's very confusing to me. The thing with 
the woman who's providing the pee for him and why her face was so destroyed. I thought that was going to have something to do with the drug or the alien stuff, but you never get any resolution on that. And I think there's a lot of these sort of pieces that they plant slowly through the first two acts that you don't get any resolution on in the end. And so you're left kind of hanging a bit. Now for me, I ended up, I love Natasha Lyonne so much and I liked the sort of crazy ending and the weird body horror that I was still on board, but there are parts of this movie that just fundamentally don't kind of hold together or work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So overall, let's go through our recommendations. What did you think overall, Sarah, and who and would you recommend this to? <laughs> I enjoyed this. I don't know. I think a lot of women would like this one. But I would definitely give a trigger warning about the the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I do I do have a number of female friends that are moms that would be like, yeah, totally on board with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, the first person that I wanted to recommend this movie to was Sarah, so I'm really excited <laughs> that you liked it. <laughs> I was like, I think Sarah's gonna like this one. But yeah, it's not for everyone, but I do think this movie is an interesting crossover between funny and dark, mm-hmm. where usually you can have one or the other. This is both. So people with a, people who are Natasha Leone super fans, I would definitely say there's lots for her to do here. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think just people who like kind of punk movies, I, you know, like suburbia and those kind, just kind of mm-hmm. punk moms is kind of who I would recommend this to. Yeah, too. yeah I can do that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would have a little trouble recommending because I didn't love it. It's It would be hard for me to recommend it. I think overall there's some really great things about it, but as a whole package, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say for people who love Natasha Leone and haven't seen this because it's an underrated one, I'm like, okay, I got something for you. Because if your buy-in is Natasha Leone, yeah. this is, there's, I mean, it's a feast, yeah. right? But it would be a little bit trickier to just generally recommend. So I think I would probably, I would save it for people who enjoy surreal film and Natasha Leone. And yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's, that's who would get my recommendation. Otherwise, I would be like, eh, Maybe no. Uh, (laughs) How about you, Ariel? Yeah, I I largely feel the same way. I think if you're a fan of hers, then this is definitely one to watch because you get so much of her just sort of chewing up the scenery in it. And I would also say if I knew of somebody who just really loved weird movies and had kind Mm -hmm. of seen everything, I would definitely recommend this because it is strange. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now that we have talked about anti-birth, which is the also anti-art horror, let's get into like a very serious contemplative take on similar themes with Swallow. I'm excited to talk about this. I put this off to the very last minute because I had seen the trailer and I was like, not for me. But, yeah. you know, I may have had a change of heart. Uh, we'll see. i was nervous about Uh, this because i know that everybody looked at this and went i'm not gonna watch that yeah i don't think any yeah no no. (laughs) just just wait till you get to my pro okay (laughs) okay all right all right who has the background for this one ariel that would be me all right lay it on us All right, so Swallow came out last year, and it was directed by Carlo Marabella Davis. He directed a few shorts and co-directed a documentary, but this was his first feature film debut, uh, which he both wrote and directed. 
According to an interview he did with Variety, there were two main personal experiences that he was drawing on when he wrote the script. So first is that Swallow was inspired by his grandmother, who I guess was an obsessive hand washer in the 1950s. Mm. He said that she would go through four cakes of soap and 12 bottles of rubbing alcohol a week. Ooh. Yeah. Those are some chapped hands. And then she had a pretty tragic life after that. Apparently, she was eventually institutionalized because of the time. Not that that doesn't still happen. And then she underwent electroshock and insulin shock therapies and then was given Mm. a bilateral lobotomy. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So he said in the interview, quote, I wanted to make a film about someone who, like my grandmother, is very encased and ensconced in the gender expectations that the world she's living in has put upon her to be an augmentation to the life of her husband, to be this happy, expectant mother. So that is super sad, but really gave him, I guess, a lot of fuel for writing this. And then the second experience is his own personal experience with gender expression. Okay. So he said in this interview, he was very open about it. He said that he always felt that there was something different about his gender expression when he was growing up. And in fact, he lived and identified as a woman named Emma Goldman in tribute to, you know, the anarchist yeah. for four mm-hmm. years in his 20s. Oh. oh, this actually makes some sense for me because I, I was marveling. The fact that this was written by a dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. This, Absolutely. Yeah. This makes this definitely contextualizes something yes, for me. Thank I didn't you. know yeah. this either. Uh-huh. So he said that when he was twenty six, he started to begin wearing traditionally male clothing again. And he said that one day he'd wear a tie and the next day he'd wear a dress. But apparently eventually his friends started to kind of pressure him to pick a gender because this was the early two thousands mm-hmm. when this was happening. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in this same interview with Variety, he said, quote, we didn't have the wonderful new terminology that a lot of young people now have, like gender non-binary and fluid. If I had had the term gender fluid, I would have been more like, this is what I'm going to do. Whatever you folks want to interpret it as, that's up to you. So these days, he says he's not sure sort of how to label himself, especially after directing Swallow, because the main character, Emma, is such a big part of him and why he wrote the character. Wow, that's amazing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really fascinating. So he actually wrote the film to star Haley Bennett, who plays Hunter, the main character, and he asked her to be in the film, and she agreed to meet with him, and then I guess they instantly bonded over this character, and she earned the role of executive producer and was able to work alongside the director, the cinematographer, the production designer, and the costume designer to help make all of the decisions about her character and the story. Good for her. Yeah, Yeah. And in in her own interview with Variety, she said, quote, I have spent a majority of my career feeling patronized. I think a lot of women have that experience. And so coming to believe that was my worth and then having this opportunity to fully express myself and to be fully messy human being was extraordinarily liberating. Mm -hmm. So Swallow premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2019 and then was released in the U.S., unfortunately, on March 6th of 2020. Mm -hmm. 
So it got largely <laughs> positive reviews, but of course the world was sort of going through something at the time. Yeah. And also maybe not ready for, to watch Swallow in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think that had a very large impact on why, even though Matilda gave it a really good review last year, I never watched it. We were all like, no, no, <laughs> not dumb fun, that. please. Or like, <laughs> or Sucker Punch. If you can sneak up on me, I'll watch it. <laughs> right, right. But like, no, no. <laughs> Even though that is true, it got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it tied for the highest grossing film in the U.S. for the week of April 17th, 2020. But it only earned in that week $2,490 from just a handful of drive-in theaters because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And in its seven-week run, it only earned just over $30,000. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that's what I've got. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Okay, cool. Matilda, lay that synopsis on us. All right. Hunter has married well, or so people keep telling her. Newly pregnant by her rich husband, soft-spoken and agreeable Hunter decides to challenge herself and discovers an unexpected and bloody hobby. Soon enough, that hobby is a very dangerous compulsion, leaving Hunter at risk for losing her independence. As such as it is. Yeah. (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, okay yeah oof yeah this is a this is an intense one this is this, yeah sure yeah. is <laughs> sarah what what were some things about swallow that worked for you well the first positive was that it is not as up its own ass like the trailer made it kind of yeah. seem okay. um, <laughs> you know I, I was like oh rachel's gonna really enjoy this one it seems really arty farty and you know, pretentious <laughs> I'm the, I'm the only one taking up for malignant. How am I the arty party one? <laughs> Malignant's the exception, not the rule. Okay. <laughs> no, but actually, actually, like when I text you guys that first dinner scene, I was just like, I want to shake the shit out of her. Yeah. Just wake up, do something, yeah. poke her with a stick, move. poker with a stick (laughs) oh my god Sarah I love you I'm like oh my god if it's gonna be an hour and a half of this I can't oh I know there's gonna be some really angry messages coming across but it got better she's about to behave very badly Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't worry yeah Yeah, but then it it got better and it was just like okay alright I see where this is going and I liked where it went uh huh the other thing I liked about it, though, was also the the cinematography of it. Yeah, I mean, the house is is very sterile, mm-hmm. and I love the I love yes. a lot of the a lot of the 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 scenes in the house that sort of retro uh, mid century modern look of the house. Mm-hmm. But I mean, things too, like you you look out, and of course it's winter time, so all the trees are dead, and you know that in the spring and summer and fall, that is an absolutely gorgeous view. But she's so alone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It really shows how isolated she is from the world, from, you know, anybody she may know, from even having a neighbor. And I mean, just little scenes too, like how absolutely immaculate of a life she's trying to keep up. Like that scene where she walks out onto the patio and you think she's going to walk over the edge and then she rests on the glass railing. Mm-hmm. You can't see the line of the glass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like the invisible box that's keeping her in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a house, it's a terrarium. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oof, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all just windows, right? It's yeah. all of her yeah. looking out at the world from inside yeah. her glass yes. cage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, though, I was like, I love that house. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, if nothing else, you would like the house, Rachel. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. I wanted to get in that pool so bad. Oh. oh yeah. Ooh. Looked amazing. And you know it was heated. No, it was heated. <laughs> you know those floors are heated in that house. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I actually really in, in, enjoyed this movie more than I definitely thought I was going to going into it. Awesome. Oh, good. So despite my disappointment that it was not up to ass enough. <laughs> <laughs> jk uh yeah this movie's pretty freaking great i gotta say i definitely avoided this thing based on the trailer not because it looked like art house but just because we all know that i get very very squicky about anything food yeah. more and this <laughs> though unconventional food it's i think it's eating horror maybe yeah. is a more yeah. accurate way to describe it so i was so triggered by the, the trailer i was like i'll i will never watch this so when you picked it i was kind of glad because there was no way there was no way that I would have ever watched mm-hmm. this movie if it was not mandated and I'm really glad that I watched it because it was both everything I was afraid it was going to be but also like so much more the performance by Haley Bennett is obviously incredible it's very subtle and layered and it evolves over the course of her arc in ways that are really compelling I knew right away that I was going to be into her character when it's it's one of the earliest scenes where she's talking to her husband and she's like i feel so lucky and he like kind of is distracted looking at his phone and he goes back Mm -hmm. to his phone and you watch her face transform Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. there isn't the transformation you expect camera lingers a little bit longer and it's like you know when you're doing a stretch you do your stretch and then you they're like okay now that you're a little bit limber go a little bit further. Yeah. That is what her performance is throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. It goes to the expected places and lives in those moments just long enough for you to go like, oh, this shit is even deeper. And she as a performer can go those places. So yeah, she is fantastic in this. I don't know that I really, she was on my radar so much. And now I'm kind of like, okay, I need to know what this actor is doing Yeah, now. Like you said, the timing of watching this movie was particularly intense in a time where we're all very focused on bodily autonomy uh, being very much under threat to watch this. And we're in spoiler territory. Well, I was not expecting for this movie to be kind of a an abortion film, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Right. It was the weirdest good for her movie I've seen this yes. year. Right? Yes. <laughs> God. Uh, I how is I did not expect this movie to be one about to some degree empowerment. Yeah. Like that I thought it was gonna be the antithesis of this. And when she was they were getting ready to lock her up, that is where I thought this movie was headed. So it's only, it's only for the seven months till the baby was born. <sighs> mm-hmm. So fucked. So fucked. And so, yeah, that ending really, <laughs> it's weird to say delighted me. Yeah. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> Once the end of it comes around, you're like, good for her. Yes. 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 I was yeah, not expecting absolutely. a good for her movie and I got one and that was delightful. Um, I also think the there's some really great body horror in here that despite being, it's not very intense on screen. It's all very much in your mind, mm-hmm. but is extremely effective. Just seeing her writhe around after swallowing that screwdriver is oh, God. going to haunt mm, me forever. Yeah. yeah. 
and then I know I'm taking up way too long, so I'll just wrap it up. First of all, very unethical therapist. Oh. I have questions. Oh, yeah. And loved the Syrian nurse so mm-hmm. much. And I yeah. wondered oh. if he's the proxy for the director in this movie after hearing what you were talking about. Oh, that's interesting. He's the one person that can see what's happening mm. and actually responds in a compassionate Yeah, when he crawled way. under the bed to be with her while she was having her panic attack, my yes. heart melted. Yes, and yeah. then he helps her escape yeah. and to his own detriment, right? You yep. know, there's going to be consequences for him that he's failed twice. She got, she got the, the screwdriver and she escaped under his watch. There's potential problems for him down the road, but he can't watch this unfold. And I wonder now, knowing the backstory, how much of that is actually Carlo. Yeah, or or even if he sees himself more as Hunter, is that is he writing in the person he wishes had been yeah. in his life oh, during that time? Yeah. Interesting. Mm. And we haven't even talked about the dad, but you know, mm-hmm. I'll leave some of that for you guys to talk about. So that is I, I have more more pros. I have tons of pros, lots of pros. Yeah. Assume all the pros <laughs> you're gonna pro okay. are proed by myself as well. So Ariel, what are your pros? Yeah, so I went into this movie thinking I was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. I didn't not watch it for the same reasons Rachel did. I don't have the same sort of phobia or discomfort around eating and eating noises. I more thought that this was just going to be so depressing mm-hmm. that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to hang through the entire mm-hmm. runtime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and would make me so deeply uncomfortable that I just couldn't do it. So I just never put myself there. And because of that, I probably never would have watched it, like Rachel said, unless you had done this. And I'm really glad you did because although this movie definitely made me deeply uncomfortable oh, yes. <laughs> and raised my anxiety level, ultimately there's so much good stuff in it that I'm glad I saw it. And I didn't ever feel like I had to turn the movie off because there is kind of enough hope in it to keep you going, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also just Haley Bennett is great. Rachel, you said it perfectly. She is a subtle actress. When she finds out that she's pregnant and there's that scene where she's sitting on the couch while her husband yeah. is in the background telling people about that it. We are pregnant. The expressions, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the expressions on her face are incredible. And you know exactly what she's feeling, even though she never says anything. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true, like when she first swallows that marble and she gets this sort of there's sort of sorrow and then joy on her face mm-hmm. as she does it. I think it's it's pretty remarkable. Also, her acting when she confronts her biological father who Ooh, raped her mother God, is so good. incredible. That whole scene oh my, is oh. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, Dennis O'Hare. Mm-hmm. He's great. Fucking yeah, great. Dennis O'Hare is fantastic in this movie. And there's this part where he, where she asks him why he did it. And the way he describes it as, you know, feeling powerful and like godlike or whatever he says, it makes your skin crawl as he's saying it. And you can see in his face that he's kind of reliving that emotion, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. of how he felt. But then when he describes how he came to understand that what he did was terrible and wrong you kind of start to feel for him. And I think that's a testament to the direction, the writing and the actor that they were able to pull off that scene where Mm -hmm. it is 
devastating and what he did is absolutely abhorrent and yet you still kind of feel for him too at the same time as you feel deeply for hunter it's it's impressive I that know. scene is is really great that scene is remarkable and when she says am i like you and mm-hmm. he can reassure her and he can keep the focus on her and give her what she needs there's something about yeah. that scene that is just mm-hmm. like i've never seen anything like it yeah, the fact that this guy, this rapist, yeah. was able to really emotionally give her what she needed in that moment to let go of that is kind of crazy. Yeah. And that you don't hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I liked that scene. It's it's very bizarre. I, I haven't well, ever seen anything like it either, I don't think. Well, even right before that, when Kim Fields walks in and... Because that you know, Kim Fields plays his wife mm-hmm. in, in in this, mm-hmm. and you get and you no. get and you get the feeling. I don't think she... it was Kim Fields. I don't think so. I think it's the oh. lady from Dexter. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was like from Dexter. That's right. Okay. Yeah, but when she walks in, when when she walks in, and she and she's like, oh, you know, they're kind of talking, and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I knew I knew her mom. We went to high school together. Blah blah blah. And she kind of, she's like, oh, okay. She kind of gives him this look. You're like, oh, he's so in trouble. She knows he's bullshit. Yeah. He's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, well, too bad, so sad. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, I think a big part of why this scene works is even though he's telling his story, he's telling her story. And yeah. I, I, what it says about her and her internal life is why I was fascinated. It. yeah it's compelling it's the power compelling. of a secret mm-hmm. i mean what do they say you're like as sick as your secrets but there is another side to that right if you have nothing if you have no autonomy in your life yeah having a secret feels like power his is a sick sick one and it is right. one that is uh frowned upon much like her own is one that is frowned upon but one of the big questions you're asking when you're watching this movie is why why is she doing this why mm-hmm. would you ever put a porcelain up torso in your body i don't understand but there was something even though it's not a one-for-one comparison that offered essential context for this movie Mm -hmm. yeah part of why i feel like it's satisfying in her arc and this is something a lot of movies that love ambiguity never address this finds a way to give you some kind of answer that leads you into that cathartic ending so that you come yes. away from the movie with like a deeper understanding of her and resolution around some of the shit, the, the trauma that caused it. I don't know. Smart. There's really great writing in this movie. Yeah, there really is. There's mm-hmm. also that scene of the party where she thinks she's being this incredible hostess and kind of has turned her life back around and she's being this oh, perfect yeah. wife she's mm-hmm. supposed to be. So dirty. And then she realizes that every single person at this party knows what happened to her knows what she's been going through and his whole thing don't ruin my birthday Mm -hmm. yeah and well i needed to tell somebody about it so you had to tell all of your co-workers really yeah that's what we're doing here it's so gross and again she does such subtle acting there when she realizes you know in the moment as she's talking to that woman that all of these people know Mm -hmm. Um, it's so good also his relationship with his family is so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but it felt really realistic where he has this bizarre dependent relationship on his parents because he works for his father. The money comes from his family. And yet he uses that same power to exert control over his wife. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem to have any resentment around it. Usually no. in these roles, the son feels mm-hmm. like there's a dynamic between the father and son where there's some toxicity there. Yeah. He is all in. 
You never see a moment where there's pushback. No, and he lets them make all of the big decisions in his life. The way that he's treating his wife is terrible, but also sending her to the institution, making her go to this therapist. These were all his parents' idea, yeah. you know? Yeah. Even when, you know, they're they're going to institutionalize her. It's, well, if you don't, Richie's going to divorce you. Yeah. He never says it. He just sits there and kind of puts his head Let's down. Let's them do mm-hmm. it. He doesn't yeah. even look like he disagrees. He's just kind of like, this is how it is and that's fine. Well, I don't yep, think he's exactly. going to have a choice. No. But what I'm saying is yeah. I don't think he even cares yeah he doesn't have oh uh-huh. no because he yeah. has enough power i think in his own life that it doesn't bother him or something you know i mean it subverts yeah. this type of character there's never even a nod to a like uh oh you know siding with her over her there's not even a fake out of that like you will get in stepford wife right there's yeah. none of that he is fully bought into this dynamic and doesn't see anything wrong with it and doesn't seem to want to change it this is a system that works just fine for him mm-hmm. which yeah. i which is how i feel about these types of characters but do not ever see on screen yeah <laughs> right yeah and they they show us this dynamic in really interesting ways too i mean there's a lot of subtlety to the script and to the dialogue there's a scene where they're at dinner and he insists that she tells this story that she clearly doesn't really want to tell and the second she starts telling it the dad interrupts and then they just the rest of the family just goes on talking like she doesn't even exist she's not even there and And they don't even know that ice cube and they just look at Mm -hmm. her like how dare you interrupt us yeah Mm -hmm. yeah just dagger like you're being rude right Mm -hmm. right and You know, the second that she says no to him, you know, when they talk on the phone after she's run away, when she exerts this tiny bit of control over her own life and her own body, he immediately goes to, you're worthless, you're nothing without Mm -hmm. me, how dare you? Yeah. It's, oh, it's so gross. You can't do anything. Also, his back, my baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know, you know that's what they were planning to do, right? They were going to institutionalize her till she had that baby, take that baby, and then throw her do out. whatever the fuck with yep. her. Throw yep. her out on the street. Yeah. Yep. His relationship with his mom felt creepy to me, too. I don't know if anybody else noticed that, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there was it, like a big felt, ew when, yeah. when she tells the, the when she tells Hunter, you know, Richie likes his women with long Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. That scene makes your skin crawl. Oh, it's so gross. I love when she's reading the the self help book that she brought over and just eating. Like she's eating bonbons in bed, but she's just devouring that stupid fucking self help book. It's so great. Um, you guys already mentioned the house. I think the styling of the house is really great. I think her styling is really interesting too because she looks like a really bland June Cleaver mom from the fifties. Mm-hmm. The length of her skirts, the, her sweaters, the way she has her hair done how perfect she looks all the time. It has that perfect 50s housewife thing going. And then when she runs off, she's in, you know, like a sweatshirt, you know, it's, it's great. Yeah. I think this movie overall is just so much better than I was expecting it to be. I thought it was going to be dreadful to watch. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Your turn. <laughs> Me? Like, why did like I do this? this? <laughs> Mm-hmm. talk about whatever you want but in addition to that i need you to talk about the therapist <laughs> yeah oh, yeah yes please yeah uh, i'll do that so i love this movie which is a weird mm-hmm. thing to feel about this movie because it's such a hard watch in so many ways mm-hmm. but i think i think i said this at the end in our end year end episode last year about why i love it but 
I think it gets at how certain kinds of self-harm start out as an attempt at resistance. Yeah. Mm, through uh-huh. a secret, especially for women, through a secret that allows women to continue conforming or passing in some way. Eating disorders or cutting, I think those start out as like an attempt at resistance through com- conformity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'll hide the pain from you. I'll, I'll keep the artifice up. An attempt to keep yeah. up the artifice. I agree with everything you all said about this. I also think that the the writing around the husband's family is so good. And whoever wrote this has clearly spent time with the quiet menace of rich people and their coercion Mm -hmm. and the way that they will, and their absolute scorn for you, Mm -hmm. even as they hold your hand. Right. And the way that they're like, no, you're one of us when you're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It gets at that so, so well. And I think that the way I like the way that it's filmed so that a lot of what you like with her eating dangerous things, I like that you don't see a lot of it. Right. I like that it's more suggested. And there's plenty there, right? There's blood on the toilet seat. There's her tray. Her tray. tray. It's kind of ritualized in this way. And And there is this moment where you're like, no, but also good for her. Right. There is this kind of interesting thing because it's the first moment that she kind of separates from her husband separates her sense of self from her husband and i also think on a second watch i realized that i felt the exact same way when she's going to walk into her dad's house as i did when she put the thumbtack on her tongue Mm. the Hmm. pairing of those two things it totally produced the same feeling in my body that's interesting. What was the feeling? And the feeling was like, oh, that's no, don't do it. Or ah, or more okay. than just that's going to hurt you more than you think. Mm-hmm. We already talked about the scene with the biological dad where I feel like I've never seen a kind of restorative justice thing on, t- on film like this. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, where they actually have a process with each other where you don't totally hate anyone coming away from it they understand each other they both got something Mm -hmm. and more than that she got something that she really needed also this is a really good abortion movie did not expect yeah (laughs) yeah it's a really really good abortion movie and i love the final shot in the public bathroom Mm -hmm. where she's in public having an abortion right and so there's all this stuff about women coming and going from the stalls where you're like Mm-hmm. It, that makes you wonder about all the other women and what we don't yeah. see. And there's so much about what we see and what we don't see in this movie. I think it's really subtle and really good. So I just... Yeah, yeah. it is impressive that he wrote this script himself. Yeah, and I think that the cinematography and the setting of it, like the jail that you can't see when yes. she's on that clear porch yeah, or that clear yeah. balcony, all the social stuff at the party... Where that woman's like, no, 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 it's okay. I have to have my stomach pumped. And uh, then it's cool. I, li- I love diets where she's trying to like get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's painful to watch. It's and so the painful. hugger. The hugger. We didn't what even the talk about the hugger? the hugger. And she actually kind of needs a hug also. Yeah. You can see her relax. There's like complexity to this movie that I did not expect to be there. The Got first it. time I mm. saw it. So, yeah. So I'm so relieved and thankful that you all watched it because this is a really hard movie to get people to watch yes yep (laughs) yeah i mean yep (laughs) 
And honestly, as much as I liked it, I'm not sure if I'll watch it again if I wasn't showing it to somebody else. Yeah. Because yeah. it is, as much as I loved it, it is challenging. Yes. You know, it's a challenging movie. The thing I, I also liked about it is just how much empathy the movie has for the main character because I thought that most of the sort of horror aspects would come from the camera kind of sensationalizing her swallowing these objects. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. go there. No, 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 no. Thankfully. No. (laughs) Right. I I feel great. Deep gratitude. (laughs) Because it allowed me to like, I mean, it, it set the bar at a place that was challenging, but not impossible for me. Right. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I hoped would be true for you all watching Mm -hmm. this, because I know, I mean, that is my, we'll get to cons, but that is my primary con is it's hard to get other people to watch this movie. Yeah. 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 All right. Good, good segue. Let's get into maybe some things that didn't work on this movie for me. I'm going to go first because I have one. Animal violence. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's very unnecessary. There wasn't a reason for that. I didn't understand why that was I didn't there. either. I mean, everything else about this movie is so subtle and well done. Why? Yeah. Because, okay, it's a, because it's a kind of sweet little thing in a pen, I think. Yeah. I, I Even fast forwarding, I got to see them get scared and I was like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. I fucking hate this. And I get thematically why, but it just, the movie does it enough. It, it is overkill, literally. It's unnecessary. Excise it in the animal violence today. Okay, that's it for my cons. Who would like to go to <laughs> <laughs> So for me, I think that there are some points in the movie where I felt it was maybe dragging on too long. And I think I only felt that because it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh I don't know that it's really the fault of the movie so much as the emotion. The other thing is, I don't know if anybody else experienced this, but I felt deeply weird and off after watching this movie for like a good hour. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think it's it sort of shifted my emotions enough that even though it has a surprisingly delightful ending (laughs) and kind of uplifting ending, I still felt that weirdness of the way that some of the scenes make you feel yeah i did i could see that yeah i did cry in a couple places the first time i saw this movie Uh i remember that i can totally understand Mm -hmm. that and then the other thing is that i think it takes us a while to get to know hunter at all and so in the beginning and maybe this is what sarah was talking about she does feel blank and boring for a while until Mm -hmm the camera settles more on her facial expressions and emotions and we start to pick up on who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that first moment when she's after she's made dinner and they sit down and it's that scene that you were talking about where she's talking about wanting to get planter boxes and he's like, uh-huh. Yeah. And he's just eating. He's like, Oh wait, I got to take this. And he's just looking at his phone and she's, you know, going on and she's, she's like, yeah, I really like the, like the name morning glories and, and she just looks at him and he says, what? Huh? I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, he's such an and ass. you see the way her face changes and it's like, okay, there's, there's a person under there. Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's really all. Mostly I loved it. So weirdly. And she pulls that uh, uh, escape hatch at the end. Oh yeah. Cause you think, oh, she'll never get out of this. And then, yeah. mm-hmm. then she finds the, 
<laughs> the emergency escape hatch. I know when she's <laughs> joyfully eating dirt in on her the underpants. She's watching TV. Yes. And yeah, she's so good. <laughs> Fuck those rich people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Any cons for this one? This is definitely uh, an acquired taste. An acquired taste. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I was actually very surprised by it. And, you know, for for the subject matter and for the, you know, the things that that your brain tells you that you know is going on even though you don't actually see it. Like, you know, her swallowing the thumbtack. Or when they're doing, when when they're removing all the stuff from her stomach and they remove the one Oof. thing and put it down and then you see all the little things on the tray. Yeah. yeah. Or when you're waiting Ooh. for the ultra, the um, ultrasound to hit that battery. Oh man, that was yeah. so nerve-wracking. Yeah. You, you, you said it kind of moved your emotions in a weird place. It did, but at the same time... It didn't leave me feeling icky. No. There's a lot yeah. of movies you, that, that we've seen and it's like, oh, I need to watch, you know, I need to watch a season of, of, of the Great British British Baking Show that I like, you know, <laughs> out of my head. I feel like 100%. I need to go take a shower. And this one was like, huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I felt ickier after anti-birth than I did after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Icky is definitely not it. Just... You know, just a little different and off. Mm-hmm. For me. Mm-hmm. It's disorienting. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. That's a good way to putting it. That's, disorienting that's the word is for it. Yeah. And it's yeah. really yeah. unusual, this movie. I just feel like it's yes. such an interesting yeah. movie. Uh, you know, I've talked about on the podcast that I'm kind of a goldfish. I watch something and then it's gone. I remembered everything about this movie going oh, that's back. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, think it's, it's going anywhere in my head. Either. <laughs> yeah. It's in there. <laughs> so I have one big con that you asked about. Ah, uh, therapist yes. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this therapist messed up, right? Yeah, we all right. know this yeah. was super unethical to talk to the husband. Uh-huh. She absolutely should have resisted the pressure from the father, even though I was howling with laughter when the father was like, we want results. I mean, I'm paying for this. Yes. I suggest medication. Ugh, been there. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't you don't give in. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. It reminded me a lot of um you never watched Mad Men, but there is a whole yes. plot about Oh yeah, I saw uh, that far. Oh you did okay, you mm-hmm. saw that far mm-hmm. where his therapist calls to do a debrief after each session with And I think that at that time that that was was... a little bit more of a thing. Yeah. You know, at a time when women were not allowed like legally allowed to have a credit card. Yeah, I don't know that their medical privacy was so protected either. Uh, Yeah, I point to the movie Love Story. They don't tell Allie McGraw she's got cancer, spoiler. They tell Ryan O'Neill. Right. Because at that time you gave the bad news to the men because men were more more emotionally mature enough to handle it. They didn't get hysterical. Mm-hmm. I wonder if all of these people, women who think feminism is bad have any fucking idea. Mm. Any well, fucking yeah. idea. All of the yeah. invisible things about their lives that are different as a result of feminism. Mm-hmm. You can see a therapist without them calling your husband after. Yeah. You can have a credit card. Those are the things I think get lost in the mix. And yes. they just think it means they can't be homemakers. You know what I mean? I, I I don't even, every time I hear something new like that, I'm always just like, do you have any idea what you're against? I know. 
And I think that this movie does get at these folks are so rich that there are kind of no rules. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. They can live in the 1950s if they want. Right. Yeah. They can afford the power and the money to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, they're so right. And you know, there's kind of the thing for the provider about the higher the income, the more likely you are to get sued. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I did think the therapist was good with her. Me too. Like she really fucked up that frame, but boy, she was good with her. I thought it was interesting how she divulged her mother's rape too. I mean, in your own experience as a therapist, is that something that happens where people say something really uh, talk about something horribly traumatic that happened in their life that clearly has affected them deeply, but they say it in this sort of happy, almost sing song. Totally. Way, like it's no big deal. And I don't know why we're talking about totally. it. Totally. And I think yeah. that that's a yeah. thing that we do to protect ourselves. Right. And she also does it in a, what they call a doorknob comment as she's mm. leaving. Yeah. Like I can't I can't make any space around this, but PS, I'm the product of my mother being sexually assaulted and he went to jail. Okay, bye bye bye. (laughs) Yeah. Well there's there was a meme that that cat posted and it's that you don't know you have a fucked up childhood until you tell a funny story and everyone stops and asks if you're okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, totally guilty of that myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had that experience about someone's job over dinner this week, where someone <laughs> oh, told really? us a story, and we were like, "What? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. That's a Wednesday for you? Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do think it's sad. I mean, I was sad that this. So kind of like The Sopranos, I'm sad this woman's frame is a little messy because I actually think she's a great therapist. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I understand that Hunter would be totally devastated. And then she's out rubbing dirt in her face, right? And trying to wash it off and is just really undone by it, understandably, right? Because she has nothing that's hers. Yeah, And he just has it like, ew, he can't get away from her fast enough. He's like, I'll buy you anything you want, but I got to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. For 10 hours or whatever. He doesn't come home till midnight or whatever. (sighs) All right. Overall thoughts. Let's, Let's get into that. Sarah. Did you like this movie? Would you recommend it? I did like this movie. And yeah, I would definitely recommend it for somebody who wants to see a horror film that isn't blood, guts, and titties. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's blood. There's some upsetting guts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we ever saw any titties. <laughs> but no, but like, I was no, I know with a group of, um, a, a, a group that Cat belongs to. And Kat had mentioned that I did a podcast. We're like, oh, what do you do a podcast with on horror movies? Oh, I don't like them. They're too violent. But I know all, probably all of them would really like this movie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So there are a ton of things that we've talked about that I really love about this movie. But it also made me intensely uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Which is both a good and bad thing. <laughs> And so I would have a hard time just giving this a general recommend. I think there are specific people I can think of who I'd be like, I think you would be good with this movie, that you might really like it. But I wouldn't just, you know, if a group of people asked me to recommend a movie, this would not be at the top of my list, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Can you recommend a horror film that doesn't have a lot of blood? Sure. Swallow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This for me 
me is a pretty easy recommend, but I also kind of like inflicting movies on people. So <laughs> consider that when, uh, you know, that's the grain of salt and all this. I think it'd be much harder to get someone to actually watch it than it would be for me yeah. to, it, to suggest yeah. it. There are certain people for sure that I would be like, you need to see this. But I think in general, I'd be like, yeah, you should watch it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Tilly? I mean, that's really good to hear because I had a big debate with myself about whether I could inflict this on you all, especially Uh after people are saying, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, now we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) That feels hard to me. Sometimes, you know, you had the information we did not have. Yes. But I really think that if we're thinking about feminist horror, this movie does some things that I have never seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very And accurate. it does yeah. it without a lot of explicitness, but so effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, okay, one of the things I, I did like about the ending, when you said, you know, you don't know what other people are going through, but it was also just so so banal. Yes. It happened. She walked out. She moved on. Somebody else went in, used the restroom. Everybody's just doing their, their own mm-hmm. thing. And it's just, like, I'm not saying that's how it, how... It should be, but it shouldn't be, oh my God, you did what? Right. Unambivalent. Unambivalent. Yeah. That's the word yeah, we're looking that's for. Yeah, that's it. It's an that's unambivalent it. abortion yep. film. Uh-huh. Yeah. Unsentimental abortion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. We don't have yeah. to see her feelings about babies at any point during this movie. Correct. I like the fact that even though she basically is left with nothing in the sense that she doesn't have the the husband and his money, we don't know if she's going to have a job. You know at some point the husband is going to come looking for her and he does mean it when he says he's going to destroy her because she embarrassed him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when he finds out, you know, she that the baby's no longer involved. There's no longer a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, she stole from him. So it ends with the sense she's finally found herself. She's finally got ground to stand on. Yeah. She has nothing and yet she kind of has everything because she has her freedom yeah. for yeah. the first time. Yeah. 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 And I think you see that on her face, you know, as she's walking. Away. For two movies with a lot of body horror, I, I kind of love that they're unsentimental about pregnancy, but they also have this resiliency of the female of women's bodies. Mm-hmm. that's kind mm-hmm. of remarkable right like sarah's saying she's just in a food court in the mall those french fries look so good <laughs> <laughs> awesome You're like damn now i want a sort of yeah fries. i know or right? natasha leone gives birth and stands up gives birth to the head and stands up and is like i'm sorry would you like a drink also right (laughs) so matter of fact about it awesome so these were great selections like even though maybe i didn't love one of them a ton they made for great conversation so i think you did a really good job with these selections. yeah Yeah, thank you so much for watching these of course of course so uh i think there's a lot to be said about these movies that we didn't even have time to get into today so if you have some thoughts and you want to share them with us, we would love to hear them. You can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com, or you can come chat with us over on the Zombie Girls Facebook page if you want, or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZGPodcasts, plural. And if you love the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you're getting your podcast. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, check out our video-on-demand calendar where we keep track of all the horror and horror-adjacent things that are on streaming and video-on-demand. 
And uh, if you want to be looking extra sexy, check out our uh, merch at zombiegirls.com uh, forward slash merch. And finally, if you love us and you want to support us, make us feel good, be able to put out more content, then you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombiegirls, where like this episode, every if you're a patron, every episode is extended. You'll get at least... A good 20 to 30 minutes of extra blah, blah, blah. And from us, every episode. Also, you can join our uh, Discord, which I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again, is where you want to be. It is the internet like I always wanted it to be. Full of people I like talking about things that I'm interested in. End <laughs> of story. <laughs> and I would like for you to be a part of that. So I want to take a moment to thank our amazing patrons who are supporting us, starting with Tracy, Steven, Laura, Jody, Aster, Johan, Diane, Kat. Hmm, who's that? Jeff, <laughs> Tracy times two, Eddie, Jeff, Justin, and Angela. Thank you so, so, so much. It means the world to us that you would support us like this. Right, ladies? Woohoo! Thank you. Yes, it does. Yeah, thank it's you. amazing, and we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun interacting with you guys on the Discord all the time and having you write in sometimes. It's It's been a real joy this yes, year. Yes, and doing like group watches of things. It's been so fun. Yeah. Yeah, we've got yeah. a yeah. really fun group watch coming up. We're going to be doing, we're going to be, this is probably going to be out but after the fact. But just so people know the kinds of things that we're doing on the Discord, we are going to be watching season four Dracula as a group. Which, if you are not watching Dragula and you're it's listening to this podcast, what are you even doing? <laughs> Obviously, you would love it. <laughs> okay, cool. Speaking of extended episodes, what are we doing on this extended episode, Ariel? So last month, we talked about The Stepford Wives, the book. We reviewed it. And this month, we are going to be talking about the 1975 movie. For a minute, I heard 1990. I was like, oh, fuck, did I rush the one? (laughs) (laughs) That's what that pause was about, was like panic. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going to be watching the original movie adaptation that came out just a couple years after the book. And I have some interesting facts about sort of the controversy of what happened when the movie came out. Okay, exciting, exciting. Okay, so really quickly, streaming pick. This time I picked the movie The Manor, now streaming on Prime. It is one of the Welcome to the Bloom House joints. Yes. Yes, this one is. This is the one directed by Axel Caroline, right? Correct. Directed by Axel Caroline. Okay, so this one stars Barbara Hershey as Judith. Now, here's the official synopsis. After suffering a stroke, Judith Albright moves into his historic nursing home where she begins to suspect that something supernatural is preying on the residents. In order to escape, she'll need to convince everyone around her that she doesn't actually belong there after all. Mm, yes. Sounds good. Yes, this one uh, I think was my favorite of the Welcome to the Broom Houses. It has some really creepy moments. It's the one that is the most overt horror of all of mm. them. But most of all, I'm recommending it for the ending, which I will not spoil. <laughs> but I was like... Good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. Plan for next episode. This is a little up in the air, depending on some things. We may do an an episode on eco-horror, where we cover Gaia and in the Earth, or we may go directly into our year in review. We're still figuring that out. But either way, 
those two episodes are coming up. So if you like to play along, make sure you check out Gaia and In the Earth and also start thinking about your favorite movies from this year and uh, all that good stuff. Okay, so that is it for us, unless you're sticking around for the extended episode. Until next time, until the tick is out. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in and playing along with us. And thank you if you watch these movies for uh, doing something that filled people with dread. <laughs> when I asked them to do it. So thank you so much. And we love you. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening and to all my co-hosts for waking up early every month just to talk about horror movies with me. Production on this episode was done by yours truly. Our theme song for the show is 80s Halloween Whore by Megan McDuffie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode, where we are going to dip one more time back into the Stepford Wives. Well, well, yes, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, Ariel, I think you were leading the charge on this one. Yeah. Take it away. (laughs) Okay. So I want to hear everybody's thoughts about the movie. But before we do that, I thought I would just share some information about it. So... First off is that in an interview with New York Public Library's Jewish oral history that they were doing, Ira Levin gave this really fascinating interview about his life. But one of the things he said in this interview was that he actually did not like this movie. He thought that the script started out good, but there were too many people involved who made it worse and that ultimately it wasn't very good. So that I thought was interesting. Um, because in a lot of ways, it's pretty faithful. I was going to say, novel. wasn't it pretty mm-hmm. much yeah. faithful to the novel? Yeah, yeah, there's a few, you know, changes here and there and things that were cut out or added, but it's largely very faithful. Maybe not quite as much as I've heard Rosemary's Baby is, but pretty close. Okay, so one of the other things, just sort of a fun fact, is that when Joanna stabs robot Bobby in the movie mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. stomach, that's not actually the actress. Uh, Catherine Ross's hand. Oh, really? So, no, really? she couldn't bring herself to do it. She found it too nerve-wracking to actually stab into somebody. I guess there was some sort of styrofoam stomach they were stabbing into. I don't oh, quite understand how that would work. Okay. Mm. And so she couldn't bring herself to do that. So that's actually the director Brian Forbes' hand in the shot. <laughs> oh, interesting. So wait, was yeah. someone wearing the styrofoam thing or was it just apparently? I guess why actor, I I don't understand. That feels That's just unnecessary. what the right because you would you would assume you'd have a fake knife. So also, I don't know what the point. Also, you think the person was. being stabbed would be the nervous one, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> she just couldn't bring herself to do it. I guess that's what she said it in an interview. It, it came from her mouth. So I don't know. Okay. All right. So when this film was released, it actually got super mixed reviews. Apparently there was a huge controversy with many feminists at the time who were very divided over this movie. And the director even said that he was accosted one night outside of a screening by a woman who attacked him with an umbrella and called him anti-woman. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting because this feels very anti-man to me. Yeah. So there's a great New York Times article from 1975. You can read it in their archives that's titled Feminists Recoil at Film Designed to Relate Mm -hmm. to Them. And it talks about the responses that the movie got when it first premiered. And it got very mixed reviews from critics where apparently all of the women who reviewed it generally liked it and the male reviewers didn't with just a couple of exceptions. Uh Uh-huh. 
And so because of this, re- this response that they got from the critics, they Columbia Pictures decided to host screenings. So they asked Eleanor Perry, who the article described as one of the film industry's more vociferous feminists. <laughs> oh my God, that is my new title, vociferous feminist. <laughs> yes, and when, that's the it. next shirt. Yeah. Right. Oh yes. my God. Yes. So okay. Great. I need to write this I down. I don't want to forget. Yeah. This. Write that note. I love it. Those. 